Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the December 15, 2021 Select Board meeting. Officially, no, not quite yet, Select Board meeting. Um, we're live here at the high school, and you can join us online or um, by Zoom. Um, and you can raise your virtual hand or send me an email at pttitcom at swampscottma.gov if you have any questions or have any public comments. But we'll start the meeting, as we always do, with the Pledge of Allegiance. Thanks. So um, we'll start the meeting with public comment. Is there anyone here that would like to make a comment? No? Okay. I see one person on. Uh, Mr. Demento, we see you and we're going to allow you to unmute. I think you're all set. Thank you. Uh, Bill Demento. Precinct one town meeting member. I, my question, I have a question and a request. The question is, did any member of the board of selectmen or select board or town administration know prior to the town meeting Monday night that National Grid had sued the town? I'm not asking for anything dealing with litigation, our substance. I'm asking for a simple answer. If anyone knew about the lawsuit brought by National Grid trying to revoke the taken easements. And as part of that, I would like an answer as if anyone in that room there tonight knew why, in the interest of full disclosure, town meeting was not informed of the lawsuit. The second part is I would request that the powers at the town hall post the lawsuit on the town website so everyone can read the lawsuit. As part of that, tonight you're going to be discussing the new uh, lease, long-term lease, and I, for one, would like to read the lease before it's enacted, if that is uh, possible. I know it's possible, but if you're willing to post both the proposed lease, which is in for first reading tonight, and the lawsuit, it would be helpful in chasing it down. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Mr. Demento. Um, I'll check my email, but I think that's the only public comment. I don't have anything. I don't, we don't typically reply to public comment, but if anyone on the board is inclined to, I would. I think it's safe to say, unless anybody wants to send anything, I'm actually, I agree, we, we don't typically, um, but um, Mr. Demento's asked a fair question, so the answer is, Polly, you and I got an email at 2.13 yesterday from the Salem News, yesterday being Tuesday, the day after town meeting, and that was the first that I had heard um, of the filing of a lawsuit. 
I believe, Sean, you responded to the email to me saying that you similarly received a message from the Salem News, but you'll have to answer for yourself if you knew or anybody else on this board knew. But I found out at 2.13 when uh, the Salem News sent an email asking for comment. Peter, that was the same time that I became aware of the, the suit, and certainly, um, you know, um, your response was consistent with, you know, the town being made aware. No, I knew nothing of it. Didn't know anything about it. Neither did I. I got the email, um, and that was it. Which I barely had time to look at, to be honest. So, um, so un unfortunately, we're not going to be able to help Mr. Demento's conspiracy theory, but I hope he comes back to another meeting with another. All right. Okay. Um, <coughs> without further comment that I can see, um, we are going to the town administrator's report. Thank you, Polly. <clears throat> so, uh, again, you know, I, we continue to see rising cases um, uh, of uh, COVID, uh, specifically the um, Omicron um, variant. Uh, we have the largest number of pass-through cases that, that we've seen in the Commonwealth since we started collecting data from the people that have been vaccinated that are getting uh, COVID. And so we are encouraging folks to wear your mask. It's the least uh, difficult thing that we can do to help protect uh, some of our uh, friends and family that are most vulnerable. Let's just be careful over the holidays and do what we can to ensure that everybody can have a safe uh, and happy holiday season. Um, tonight we're going to hear uh, a <clears throat> second reading of our infiltration and inflow uh, regulation. Uh, Dave Peterson is here from Kleinfelder and uh, Gino Cruster, our assistant town administrator and DPW director will be here. We have met a few times since our last meeting to look at uh, really refining the um, offset ratio and, and looking at ways that we can really implement a, a best practice standard. Um, after uh, Monday night's town meeting, uh, you know, we have moved forward with the tax classification and um, property tax setting. We have submitted to DOR uh, our certification to the Department of Revenue for approval. Uh, we expect to see that approval sometime uh, this week. If all goes well, um, you know, we um, will get the tax bills out uh, by the end of the month and uh, folks can expect um, that uh, tax bills will be due at the end of January. Uh, tonight, uh, we were anticipating having Alice Stein, uh, our liaison to the Massport Community um, Advisory Committee, attend to provide the board with an update. The uh, CAC met last Thursday and were to take up a vote on implementing a recommendation that would shift uh, a number of additional flights uh, off the coast of Swampscott. Uh, over the last two weeks, I joined Alice and Nahant Town Administrator and the Executive Director of Massport um, in a meeting where we discussed the importance of really studying the impact of these flights uh, on this new flight path that will impact Swampscott and our coastline. <clears throat> and so they modified a motion at this meeting to include a, a one-year study uh, that will allow us the opportunity to do a baseline uh, analysis of how flights are currently flying uh, and when they shift the flights we'll be able to study 
how that impact um, you know is um, felt in Swampskip, uh, and we can discuss ways that we can mitigate either through um, additional technical uh, discussions with Massport and the FAA um, or um, other mitigation strategies. Um, at this point, um, you know, after a 12-month test, um, FAA will likely, um, you know, provide a report to Massport uh, with findings, and we can uh, continue to request um, mitigation as um, we can best uh, define. Uh, we continue to move forward with uh, our non-civil service recruitment for police and fire. Uh, we have um, a number of uh, candidate pools that we are targeting that we have uh, never reached out to before. Um, both chiefs feel as though you know we are making some significant progress in identifying individuals that uh, may have um, not looked at this line of work previously, and I'm eager to. Um, move forward with uh, a hiring process outside of civil service. Um, we do have some updates for trash and recycling. We will have Christmas tree pickups the first week of January 10th. Uh, there will be no metal recycling on December 25th due to the holiday. However, styrofoam dispo disposal day will take place from 8 to 12 at the DPW yard on December 26th. Residents can get rid of styrofoam that may clog up uh, your home after the holidays and it's a best practice in terms of ensuring that, that we can manage that waste. Um, simple recycling has undergone some changes. The pink bags will no longer be required and residents must now pre-register to have items picked up at their door. And our mattress program has been very successful and residents are reminded to purchase mattress stickers online or at town hall uh, for mattresses to be picked up the second and final Saturday of the month. Details on the program will be, uh, can be found on our website. We are rolling out uh, a new <clears throat> um, landing page on uh, department landing pages for the town website. Ms. Fisk has been doing some extraordinary work with our communication uh, uh, platforms. Um, you can look forward to seeing uh, some of those updates next week, uh, but we certainly uh, have been assisted uh, by Swampscott's own Adrian Rodriguez, um, owners of Miramar Print Lab, and we'll showcase um, a local photographer and their talent on the homepage. Uh, this is a great way to really celebrate <coughs> our uh, Swampscott residents and Ali's been doing a fantastic job trying to engage uh, artists and photographers and, and showcase some of that work. Uh, we do have some sad news um, to share um, this past week. Steve Vesubukis, uh, town hall uh, custodian and custodian at our uh, police station, his dad passed away. This has been a really difficult uh, month for the Vespuca family and our thoughts and prayers go um, to Steve and his family. Uh, our town hall, uh, our town electrical inspector Jim Sams, his brother passed away last week <clears throat> and retired firefighter Bill Hyde has also passed away. I'd like to just take a moment of silence to honor the memory of those that we've lost and share a reflection on our colleagues and uh, our, extend our thoughts and prayers. A special way we also think of all those who are dealing with grief during the holiday season. It's a very difficult time for uh, folks to deal with loss amidst the um, celebrations of the holiday, but we certainly want to reflect on, on uh, these individuals and share our condolences.
my report. Thank you, Sean. Um, questions on Sean's report? No? Okay. I just have one, sorry. <laughs> this is really not reflective of my personality at all. Um, a question for you on simple recycling. So, and you might not know, but if they have questions, could we, if residents have questions about that, can they email Allie and or Jeff Vaughn? They can. Okay. Sure. Um, and my question, I guess, and if either of you know, is um, just go to their website and like, do they bring you a pink bag? You're supposed to already mm -hmm. have a pink bag. So the pink bag, is, pink, bag. pink bag is done. Okay. They got rid of the pink <laughs> bag and now, um, in, what used to happen is you used to put your pink bag out, I think, on recycling day. Mm -hmm. And now um, you just have to go online and schedule. They have set dates that you can schedule a pickup. And you would now put the items outside of your door, not on the sidewalk, but outside of your door. And it's a little bit more organized in that way. Mm. Makes it more efficient. So the bags will be less likely to be left out. Um, so the website has a great list of all of the items that could be picked up. Okay. Um, it's a good range. We are trying to think of a good way to come up with a contest to use those pink bags. So if anybody has a, a suggestion, you know. And there won't be a mattress pickup the last Saturday of December because it coincides with Christmas. Okay. There will not be a mattress pickup the last Saturday of December, December for all those viewers. Um, yeah, with the pink bags, maybe instead of a blue bag. I don't know. We could talk about it. But um, okay, any other questions? Oh, the report. Okay. Okay, so we're on to new and old business. The first item on our agenda is the second reading of the sustainable fleet policy. And um, I actually don't. Is that someone joining us for that? I don't know. We don't have anybody here tonight. Uh, Has there been any changes since the first? No reading? changes. No. Then I would make a motion to approve the um, sustainable fleet policy as presented to us. A second. Okay. Any further discussion? No? All right. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Um, we have 10 minutes till our public hearing. So. Um, is Marzi joining us for the easement reading? She's here. Oh, hi, Marzi. Hi, Marzi. Um, is everyone okay if we just skip to the fourth item on our uh, new and old business, which is um, a second reading and vote to approve and accept the easement between the Swampscott Conservation Commission and CC White Court LLC for a public pedestrian pathway at 35 Little Points Road, Swampscott. Everyone okay with that? Yeah. All right. Okay, so thanks, Marzi. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Good evening. Um, so I know that we had some members had some questions last time, and you were going to go back and um, if you want to, if you have, I don't mean to put it on you, but if you have um, an update on uh, any items absolutely. that you want to outline. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share um, an update. Um, so I know the the first question was about. Um, subordination or perhaps maybe if there's a uh, foreclosure or there are, uh, could be some issues with the bank and or the, um, the, the mortgage um, to see that the easement would prevail or will continue to deepen. And I do believe that that is addressed on page eight 
under the Joiner by First Republic um, statement or agreement. And uh, you will notice there that there is a uh, statement that talks about that the easement um, will subordinate or, or the, um, the subordinates the lien of the mortgage to the easement. So I do believe that that would provide us with the protection that is needed. And again, I think that should be found on page eight. Um, the page is titled Joiner by First Republic Bank. Um, the other Here's item nine. that I had on my list was the, um, oh, I'm sorry. Should we, do you have any questions about oh, that? Oh, no, I was just saying page nine if somebody was looking for it. Got it. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Keep going, Marzi, I'm sorry. No, if there are no questions, then I can go on to the other items that I had on my list. That's great. Okay. Um, so the other um, the other issue that um, that we discussed at the last meeting was the ability of the town to install signage, interpretive signage, along the path and or at the um, at the lookout areas. Um, the um, the grantor of this easement, which is LO Whiteport, are not willing to provide us the. Um, the ability to install signage within or on this easement. Uh, but I was able to go back and take a look at our conservation restriction that we have with Blytheswood Estate. And that document specifically states that we are able to construct and um, install improvements that would include small unlighted signs as well as directional markers. So I do believe that although this um, document of this easement does not specifically include the placement of signage and or wayfinding um, signs, that we would be able to do it on the conservation restriction within the path. Um, hmm. Questions about I reached that. out to town council just to assure that my interpretation um, was correct. I did not hear back from them um, today. Okay. And then the final request that, um, that I received was regarding placement of sitting areas. Uh, within the lookout areas, the circular area. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that um, the grantor had some concerns about. Um, and that is also something that is uh, not allowed in the conservation restrictions in regards to permanent, um, permanent structures would not be allowed to be placed within uh, on the conservation uh, land or, or the land that is subject to the conservation um, Restriction. Okay. Thanks, Marzi. You're welcome. Does anyone have any further questions or clarification? <coughs> Marzi. Nope. Okay. No. I'd, I'd, I'd motion to approve and accept the easement between Swampscott Conservation Commission and CC Whitecourt LLC. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? No? All right. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank, Thank you, Marzi. You. Thank you. Thanks, Marzi.
Peter, uh, how long do you need on? Two seconds. Okay. So <laughs> if uh, the board will indulge me again, since we have a few more minutes um, until 6.30, if we can take another item out of order. Um, item six on new and old business is the first reading of assent agreement and lease between National Grid and the town of Swampscott. And Peter, you are presenting to us on that. Really quickly. So there's actually two documents in your packet. One is an assent agreement and one is a lease and assent agreement. Um, town Council uh, has been uh, directly negotiating these documents uh, on the town's behalf. Um, the uh, assent agreement is an agreement that relates to, um, it's unrelated uh, in any respect to uh, the town meeting vote on Monday, but it's an assent agreement relating to the portion of the trail um, that has been completed. National Grid has, um, at best, we shall say, clouded title there, and so therefore, they, uh, I think you may recall in the last couple of years, they've reached some agreements with the butters and have conveyed certain portions, the fee of certain portions of that. Um, so we didn't actually, um, they weren't the only party for which we effectuated the acquiring of an easement from. There was other parties that were included in that. The assent agreement just functionally puts in the same, <coughs> same kind of protocols that the lease and assent agreement for the rest of the trail will have, which gives National Grid certain rights to approve changes, to um, be part of our process to make sure that the trail does not interfere with delivery of services. Um, this, this assent agreement and the lease and assent agreement are um, materially consistent, uh, I can't say identical because obviously each town is different, but materially consistent with what uh, National Grid has been willing to negotiate with other communities. Uh, I mentioned at town meeting most recently Haverhill, um, specifically the Haverhill um, lease draft was the, the baseline draft that um, we were given by National Grid to negotiate from. The second document is the lease and assent agreement. That is um, the one that we discussed at town meeting on Monday night. Um, that is for the portion um, and it will cover the portion, uh, as I understand it, from Humphrey Street to Stetson um, mm -hmm. um, as well. Again, what it does is it provides for a 99-year ground lease um, for the portions of the uh, corridor that will be used for the trail. Um, I'll get back to that in, in one second. And it also gives National Grid certain rights um, regarding future use in the corridor. Uh, they, um, there's certain requirements um, necessary if they have to change, be, get access. They can um, certain relocation rights and, and other things that they maintain to, so that they keep really they keep maximum control in the quarter and make sure that nothing that the trail is not used in any way that would interfere with the service um, of um, utilities uh, in um, that corridor. Um, so that's the really quick overview. Um, I will say just to, to maybe just a reminder for people: the town is in the process of finalizing its 25% submission of plans to MassDOT. That's the next step towards um, um, ultimately funding for the entire trail for construction of the trail. Um, in that plan, that will evolve over time, meaning we're submitting the 25% design sometime in the next, in, in the very near future. There'll be a public process, a community process for feedback. Um, there'll be feedback from MassDOT, there'll be feedback from National Grid. And to the extent any changes are made to the design of the trail, the ground lease will ultimately catch up to that design. So what ultimately is built is what the ground lease will be covering um, for, for the trail. Um, the last thing I'll say, and then happy to take questions, um, is, as, is, is as follows. And I, and I do want to, um, we don't typically talk about litigation, and I'm not going to say anything more about litigation except for the following. Um, National Grid, our, the town acquired National Grid's easement in, on January 30th, 2019. 
While we did not know that National Grid was going to file a lawsuit on Monday, the fact is they have to file a lawsuit just to preserve their rights because the statute of limitations expires in January. And so National Grid wasn't going to wait to the last minute um, because it's a three-year statute of limitations for any claims under the taking from 2019, so they had to file uh, their claim. It's our expectation, as Sean, I think, said in the paper, our expectation is that, um, and frankly, it should be our expectation is that the signing of this ground lease will also be at the same time as the dismissal of any claims uh, against the town. With that, I'm happy to take questions. So if this is the first reading and then the statute of limitations runs out and they filed, they filed to preserve whatever in January, the statute of limitations running out in January, is there any timeline that we need to be aware of? No, I think the expectation is that we'll, now that they filed suit, they, pres they preserve their rights, right? right? I think the expectation with, I, I don't, I can't speak for National Grid. I don't think it's the expectation of the town that we're really prosecuting or defending this suit as opposed to working on the ground lease and finishing right. the ground lease. Uh, yes. With the expectation that it will resolve all issues. Mm -hmm. um, again, National Grid just needed to protect its rights and, um, you know, didn't want to wait until January uh, to do so. Um, we have told National Grid that we're going to continue this conversation, and there's some details you'll notice, some openings in the in the drafts that have to be completed. So yeah. town council is going to continue that, but the expectation is that our first meeting in January, hopefully, we're prepared. And I believe National Grid's expectation is that same time frame. So that's what people are okay. going to work towards. So they're not expecting it in December, like. It's we we have well we've communicated that the first reading was going to be tonight and the second reading would be okay. our first meeting in January. Okay. That's good. Thank you. Other questions? Members have questions outside the meeting. Obviously, you can. I certainly can answer questions um, just to give you information. Um, and KP Law also is available through the chair if you have questions as well. On that. Everyone, good. Neil? Good. I'm good. Okay. I'm great. <laughs> okay. Settle <laughs> down over there. Um, all right, so that concludes the first reading um, of the assent agreement and lease uh, item on the agenda. And we are at 6.30, so we can move to enter you have to move to enter public meeting? I would move to, re I would move to reopen the public meeting uh, scheduled for 6.30 as set forth in the public notice. Okay, is there a second to continue the public reading, public hearing from December 1st, 2021 with respect to um, the application from Hanley Dela Cruz Euroline Motorsport Inc. for a class two automobile dealer's license for the premises located at 218 to 222 Paradise Road Swampscott, Mass. Second. All right. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. So we are in a <clears throat> public hearing, and Molly O'Connell is um, town planner is joining us online um, to give us an update. Hi, and I believe um, Hanley and Chris are there as well, and I'm sure they'll speak after Sorry. me, but. <laughs> You have in your packets a staff recommendation. I met with um, Hanley and Chris on site last week to kind of talk through some logistics after hearing some of the questions from the board and some of the um, resident comments. And so a uh, staff recommendation is to a license for four cars um, with the conditions limited to the number of vehicles for sale, um, parking 
all parking for any vehicles related to the licensee's business shall be parked on the premises. No overnight storage of, or parking of vehicles on any public way, um, online advertisement, and then um, that the cars for sale should have the for sale and lemon law stickers. Those last two conditions are um, standard with our class two licenses that we have um, currently in town. Um, the, there is a parking plan provided as well, as well that shows kind of the layout and the striped parking areas and um, the recommended, you know, spots to park cars for sale that don't block any of the bay doors. So if work is still going on, um, you know, fixing cars, they can get in and out without having to move those. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Molly, can you just <clears throat> speak to the conditions that are in the zoning board decision that are listed at the end of their decision, especially as it pertains to the parking on the site and how those relate to the parking plan that you have worked out with Hanley. For instance, like this decision talks about how there'll be no vehicles in spaces 15 through 17 and those are for customer parking. Um, and so I just, and that, you know, all the cars are facing forward and uh, space number 12, there will be no parking. So are those, is there a pecking order for these? Are those still in place along with the plan? Do you? Yes, those still shall be in place. And the spaces that I marked in the front are spaces like two through five, I believe. One kind of starts on the right there and goes yep. across. Um, so tried to choose those spaces which were not um, already kind of conditioned. Um, space 12 actually, um, and Hanley did install this um, little green area, which was a requirement of the zoning board as well. Okay. So all those conditions still apply? They would still remain in place and they would be enforced through um, the building inspector. Thanks. That was my next question. Mm -hmm. Other questions from Molly before we hear from Hanley. So, so I'm sorry, Molly, I missed that. Did you say that the parking space number 12 now is, is has been made into green space? It has. There, she's, he has plantings there. Um, there's three, I, I'm bad with plants. There's three trees, small little um, shrubs there that have been planted and curved off. And are parking spaces 15 and 16 and 17 indicated as customer parking on site? And are they used, they as, are. Custom, and are they used as customer parking? Uh, I don't know if they're used as customer parking all the time. I think Hanley can answer that too. And my last question is, um, I'm, I'm looking ahead to, we have the class two auto renewals tonight and I see some yes. correspondence where you've asked about adding a condition. Mm -hmm. But yes. I don't. But I don't see in our materials what that condition. Maybe it is. Sorry, the proposed conditions are. It should be there, and they're yeah, also sorry, proposed sorry, for this question. class two license as well. So those two conditions are: all parking for any vehicles related to the licensee's business shall be parked on the premises and shall be not be parked on any adjacent public way. 
-hmm. And at no time shall licensee store or park vehicles overnight on any public way. Does Correct. That, does your first condition assume that we're including employee parking as well? That is the um, direction that uh, the chair, yes, wanted to go in, was employee parking too. That who, I'm sorry? Sorry, when we talked about this, Polly, I think originally we were talking about employee parking and um, all parking related to business. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. That language was kind of tweaked by town council. Do you want to make that is it's clear enough then it applies to both is that kind of your question peter yeah just give me a second i'm sorry no no don't wait don't. other questions <clears throat> All right, take your time, Peter, and then we'll turn it over to Mr. Dela Cruz. So, can I just, I'm, I'm actually ready. Never mind. So, so I think that um, I don't, and again, maybe they have other things they want to present to us, but I think based on the staff recommendation here, I think it's just really important to be clear about what this is. And so, this is basically staff is recommending allowing a license for four vehicles. But the most important and designates those four spots. I assume. Have you seen those four spots that staff has designated? And have yes, you reviewed right here, them? right in the front. Right, and then, um, but th I think the most important thing is that the public way is not to be used for parking, live or non-live parking. Right, and so I know that you have a lot of. I know it's it's going to be a little bit of a Tetris for you because you're going to have to bring things in and out, and that momentary thing's fine. But handedly, right now there is throughout the day a lot of active parking and and on paradise road because of the business and i understand that so this is this license is going to contain a condition that is not going to allow that to happen anymore i just want to make sure that you're comfortable with that because if not we want to at least hear it because we don't want to set up failure but based on what staff's saying here it seems as though that's where the comfort lies and so we just want to make sure that you're fully aware of what the condition is and give you a chance i'm interested in hearing your feedback on that if it's a problem if it's a problem i don't know how we fix it but I, I certainly want to air that now as opposed to send you on the way with something that doesn't work for you. So at least we have a chance to see if we can figure out something that does work. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I just, uh, it's gonna take me like a, a month or so so I can take care of my situation when I'm parking. Right. But uh, it's fine with me. My only, um, Molly, is a couple of questions on that. Um, hmm? Were you done, Peter? I am for now. Okay, sorry. Um, I just am. Uh, so I thought we had. A, so obviously that that parking restriction applies to more than just this than one A, but one um, A already does not allow on street parking, right? So it's signed as a state road and says no parking. So um, yes. I think you can be enforced, you know, now through that provision. Okay, and the you have confirmed that the police department can enforce no parking restrictions on a state road. Yes, they can enforce no parking restrictions okay. on a state road. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I'm not trying to throw any other businesses under the bus here. I really am not. But it does seem a little unfair just with Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, oh. To be, I mean, again, it's already not allowed, but it, it's, right. you know. Um, but I mean, right, literally right across the intersection there of Franklin Ave, there's a business that all day and all morning, all afternoon, all night, every day of the week has much more parking on the street. Um, and again, it's already a law that we can't park there, but it does seem just to highlight this business when they're just applying for something that is, you know, this, or we're, give, we're offering four spaces, which is reasonable, but saying absolutely no on-street parking. Mm -hmm. I'm just mm -hmm. vocalizing the contrast, it's, you know, to the business right on the other side of the way there. Um, and it just, I'm just concerned about um, the equity there. I don't, I don't know what the solution would be, but. Um, the solution is enforcement. Yeah, no, right. I mean, the, the equity is, you're, like, good news. I don't think it's going to be inequitable because we don't enforce anything. Well, that's so therefore, so therefore, everybody's going to be enforced until we start. So, Sean, that just well, where there's that's, no guarantee. That's my concern. Yeah, but it's, at some point we have to. I mean, it's, yep, it's, we have had. We, we just have to. There's a yep. reason. Something for some reason on one A, people don't get tickets. We we I I have had several discussions with Chief Kerr's. Uh, I fully anticipate uh, traveling to these sites over the next few weeks with Chief Kerr's with. Uh, a member of the cadre of the Swampson Police Department and our building inspector and and looking at these properties and discussing how we enforce compliance. I will take a personal interest in helping everybody figure this out. Thank you. Are we able to put no parking signs on that road? Because up in the business that we're discussing, there are no signs that indicate that no parking is allowed. There are closer to your Align Motors, there are signs, but there are no signs up the road that would indicate to anyone <clears throat> that they can't park there. Are we able to do that? I'm sure that we are able to work with the state and get signs posted. We Do we have to work with the state, though, do you know? Do you know, I, Gino? Or can we put signs? I think we'd have to work But we can, uh, my guess is we can get some signs and let the state know that we're going to put some signs up and absent but, yeah. some objection. <laughs> but presumably we don't need the signs to be able to enforce, right? No, we don't. There, there's signs there. There's signs right before the doctor's office. Uh, the signs right on the DPW. Uh, there's two signs on the DPW. So it's well publicized. It's just a matter of trying to do business. So these are, yeah. these are not... Uh, these are very active business with a lot of uh, traffic uh, by, by definition, doctor's offices and, and gas stations. And so it's difficult sure. to, and he is a butts, his parking abuts the highway. So there's no way that you're not going to have uh, a situation where you could have three or four cars there that are going to be moving around. I mean, just that, yep. you know, why, uh, we, why should we agree to something that it's going to be impossible to actually do it's it, it would be an insult to you know the the the, the spirit of the agreement um, well I think that's what mr. Spelios was just asking that very question like is this you know can you agree to something if it's not possible well the police would by law would have to ticket everybody they couldn't discriminate between a doctor's office and a in a in a uh, 
and a and a and a repair report repair that, car. That yes. we a hundred percent agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, I I, I, yeah, I mean and, the law is the law. So and yeah, I mean, while I wouldn't want that problem, that problem would be a step in the right direction because it would mean absolutely. that we're enforcing. Yeah. And I think that if you know when the police come and do that, then you know they have a discussion with the uh, people. You know they're going to they're going to observe what's parked. Yes. And what's you know no, no, an no. engine running and someone coming up get their keys. Mm -hmm. So that's you know that would hope. I think the goal is from, from my perspective, the goal is not to have it be a headache, but to actually be something that when a year from now we're talking about renewal or you saying, hey, we would like to do something different. We're able to say, did it work? Talk to the neighbors, did it work? And hopefully we hear, it did work. Right. And I think that when we hear things do work, um, we tend to look favorably upon things. Um, so we, we hear you, and as I said last meeting, you are kind of the victim of the fact that so many other places aren't enforced. And so we, those concerns in the neighborhood are not just this business. There's another gas station across the street that parks cars you know, on Swampscott, and, and it's not you know, and, and aren't supposed to be, right? And, and leave cars there and stuff like that. And so you're, you suffer some of the consequences of other people's past bad behavior. So we're just trying to isolate, identify, and correct, right? That's, and that's also all highlight it. that we're aware of that and don't want it to be unfair. No, of course, right. Yeah. And, and, but in, I don't know if you had a chance to read the, you know, executive summary, summary, if you will, of what I wrote, because what you were talking about was what I, the business model was and what the business mix was mm -hmm. from going from, you know, two source of one source of income, which is low margin, going to two sources, which now has a higher margin, and you would naturally transition to the higher margin, which is used cars. Mm -hmm. That also means the bays are going to have used cars being repaired to go in the front mm -hmm. once they're ready. Um, and it's also going to allow Hanley, because it's higher margin, and at bay is going to make X amount of money as a repair or as fixing his own car. And that's one of the reasons. Would, would mitigate the amount of um, uh, traffic because you have less uh, uh, customers coming in. You only have people coming to buy cars or to, to look at a car versus, and because you're making, you're focusing all of your effort on uh, repair, a lot of times you have, to make ends meet, you have to take a, a, a dog you know, uh, uh, that, that sometimes takes up a parking spot and you have to diagnose it or it's electrical and it can be quite complicated. And any mechanic would, would tell you that, that they have a dog over there in the corner that's been there for a month. I'm trying to get Hanley to understand if he has a, a profitable business, try to, try to move away from that and be very selective on his repair jobs. And that will then allow him not to have as much repair business and that will mitigate traffic. That, that's the whole goal of this, is to try to have a solution that he improves his prosperity and also the, uh, um, the comfort of the neighbors uh, and also what the town would like, is to have less parking. And so that's why we really are asking to what the zoning board grandfathered us was eight cars. Because if all of a sudden he gets successful, he, wants, he doesn't want to be limited. And that will shift him away from used cars, and it's a center, an incentive to him yeah. if he has his eight, which was, which again was grandfathered, uh, to to move in that direction. And 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 I'm trying to show him the profitability that it would be, and it's remarkable. It's 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 serious money compared to what he's making, uh, you know, doing doing that work for someone else uh, for repair. So that's what that so that was a solution is try to not not jump out of the gate and have eight cars, 
but success dictates whether he gets to eight. But why, why limit him, especially if you want his behavior to, to, to be about parking and, and, and good, uh, a, a good neighbor kind of policy? So that's, that's really what we're asking for. Uh, the parking issue, we agree. We understand you know, that that is the, one of the main concerns. But um, you know, the plan is to, to develop his business uh, and be more efficient with his parking so that um, he can make you know, substantial more money. Mm -hmm. Madam Chair, can I make a motion? Yes. So um, I, I hear you. And if everything goes right and what you prove, say proves out with the four cars, I think you're going to find receptivity to revisiting the license and from staff, uh, most important, first from staff and then to us. So I, I would make a motion consistent with staff recommendation that to issue a class two uh, license for, um, sorry, Euroline, uh, Euroline Motors. Um, subject to the following uh, conditions. Sales are limited to four vehicles at any one time. All parking for any vehicles related to the licensee's business shall be parked on the premises and shall not be parked on any adjacent public way, including without limitation employee parking. At no time shall the licensee store or park vehicles overnight on any public way. Online advertisement for sale of vehicles shall constitute sale for the purposes of this license and count towards the four vehicles. Cars for sale shall have quote-unquote, for sale and, quote-unquote, lemon law stickers affixed to them, and no other cars on the property shall have for sale and or lemon law stickers affixed to them. Um, is there a second to Peter's? So, sorry, one, one thing nope. in that, the, sorry, the four vehicles, it's not listed here specifically, but the four vehicles be, that will be for sale will be parked on in the four spaces identified in the exhibit to the zoning decision of the spaces two, three, four, and five. Second. Um, any further discussion? Mr. Delacruz, I just wanted to uh, offer you an opportunity to say anything additional because I know I know you are a team. I just we hadn't heard from you and I just wanted to make sure that you didn't have any additional thoughts before we took a vote. Oh, I'm okay with everything. I understood everything. Okay. Thank you. Sure. And um, we do, you know, you are welcome again before the next renewal period to come back to the board um, or at the next renewal period to come back and request more and <coughs> we'll see how that goes. So. Okay. Okay. Yep. Thanks. I just want to mention we, we want you to be successful. Thank you. Uh, Thank we you. actually you, we may you know have a parking problem to figure out, but you uh, personally we want to see you be you so much. a phenomenal success, and we're going to be here to help support you. Yeah. We have a, a community and economic development department yeah, a lot here of to people support in the community you. Love me. They That's right. Me we, we, but there's all sorts of small business uh, support and. Let's make sure that you're plugged into that so that we can make sure that okay. folks come down and, and really uh, get a chance to uh, make you as successful as possible. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Happy Thanks. holidays. Thanks. Okay, so Thank all you. in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you both. Have a great night. Aye. Thank you. Can we go right to the class two licenses just because we've been talking about them and just move those out? Sure. You need to close the public hearing. No. I move to close the public hearing. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I would have done that, Allie. <laughs> Allie, nice job. <laughs> just no job, one Allie. trusts me for good reason, but just not just for my teamwork. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, 
Peter has made a suggestion to go to the renewal of the 2022 licenses um, at this time, taking yet another item out of order, which is fine with me. Is everyone okay with that? Sure. That's fine. Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, Marzi and Molly, or just Molly? Yes, it will be me. Do you want to start with class two or, and just do those, or do you want to go all of them? Start with the class two. Yeah, we'll start with the class two. All right. Hold on one second. So we have two existing class two used car dealer licenses, um, one at Four Seasons Motor Group on 460 Humphrey Street and one at the Sicko Paradise at uh, 219 Paradise Road. I know. Uh, they have a license to sell six and four cars respectively. Um, they have been uh, license holders for some time now and come every year for annual renewal. They get um, inspections from the police department. They um, pay a renewal fee. They turn in evidence of the bond that they need to have as required by state law. And they are all um, in compliance for this year. And the new conditions that you recently just um, discussed are also being proposed to be added to these licenses. We met with town council to make sure that that process was um, permittable to do, and it is. And the um, license holders were also notified of the potential for these conditions to be added and of this meeting um, tonight. And so that we, because they're in compliance and have turned everything in, we recommend approval and renew well, renewal of these two licenses. Are there any questions on those? Yes. Molly, did you just say that they're in compliance? The With the renewal um, procedures, everything that they have to turn in and pay for. Right, but it, uh, so do, do we know, are they in compliance under the current licenses? They should be. I did not receive any, um, I, you know. I have not received any um, report that they're not compliant. Right, so tell me, how, how, how would we ensure compliance? Inspect the property. Who does that? Our building the police department. And police department. Well, I just got two different answers. Right. You, you, one said building department, one said police. You guys want to? The police like, department, the police inspects for this. Building does um, for liquor licenses. Um, okay, so I, I would just, um, and again, I, I, I'm assuming this is like a liquor license, they're not in compliance, then that's an enforcement action, not a renewal action, but one would think. Correct. Right, okay, so I just would, I guess I would ask the record to reflect that. Um, I can't speak to both licenses, but one of the licenses specifically says that online sales of cars will, call, will count towards the six cars, and based on my review of the website, there are 25 cars listed for sale. So that feels okay. a little bit more than six. And this has just been the problem. And, it's, and, I, and I think it hasn't changed since we spent numerous nights on this. It's never changed. Well, because there's, yeah. It's, it's never changed. And I, again, it just, it, it's unbelievable that we spent how many hours as a board talking about one license. One license. And it never changed. But it also hasn't been enforced. So from my perspective, I'm talking to the town administrator, like here we have the enforcement issue again. From your perspective, you can talk to the applicant or however that, whether it's police or building department, but it's not to 
it's not to be unreasonably hard on them, right, or a business, and we want them to be successful too, but we spend time talking about how to mitigate concerns, and then we literally spent hours, hours on this. More than <laughs> any other license, I think. No, meetings. Be days. Meetings. Multiple meetings. Days. Right? And that was the crux of the whole yeah, thing. Have, and we imposed this condition, and we decided not to enforce it. And they haven't bothered, from the appearance anyways, innocent until proven guilty, they haven't bothered even to comply with it. And I just. Well, I, I think they've complied with the on-site, but it, it's, the, it's the internet that. Well, I, I don't. The I don't know. What, the license is the license. Yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm going to say to that is, I just yeah. get it's it's from our perspective. If a little bit of compliance is the same as a lot of a little bit of non-compliance is the same as a lot. Like, how do I know? Like, so I I have I've reached out to um, the police department, the building department, and um, we will inspect these properties for compliance and report back within the next month. Uh, I will. We will have a conversation about the regulatory compliance of these businesses more than once a year. These, this needs to be a constant gardener approach to compliance and we will get in the habit of visiting these properties to help ensure that those neighborhoods are not overrun and we can keep a standard of practice. Obviously, you know, um, we have all, um, been revisiting this issue. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out a uh, uh, balanced uh, regulation for these uh, for this one particular property, um, but they're they're not compliant. Yeah. I also think we need to, if, if they don't raise it, it's fine. But I think we need to, at some point, you know, come to conclusion, decision, or something that in this age, if it's not impacting parking, is it reasonable to restrict? The company's internet sales. Now I know in this instance it has impacted parking, but if it doesn't impact parking and on-site activity, you know, do, is it reasonable to regulate a business's internet sales? So I'm not suggesting that it's not on this particular one, but if it doesn't, that's a separate discussion at some point. Um, I also have a quick question. So are we are we saying we're restricting on-street? parking for the customers of this business? Because that's the way that the condition reads, correct? So I think I agree with you that that's the way the condition reads. I think that is hard to enforce in the reality of a customer chooses to park on the street. But if a customer chooses to park on the street, and then their car should be moved you know, by the business off the street and into you know, a bay. I think that's a little different than um, right. This, the, the the business can't use street parking. Right to store right. vehicles. Um, a customer can park on on. Um, correct. Uh, correct. All right. It just it worded it was worded a little strictly, but I get it. That's fine. I mean, I think the frustrating part about the enforcement here is that it, it's an we drive by it all the time, and you can see six cars, but the, it's just an internet search <laughs> to see if they're selling. Online cars, so it, they don't even have to go do an inspection, really, right? You can just see if they're selling cars online, and that would be enough to, yeah. So I just would ask the town administrator as he's looking at his budget for the next fiscal year, if there's a financial reason that we can't do enforcement, there is something, there is literally something. 
right? And, and the, again, I'm, I'm going to carve out the building specter to a certain degree, but even there, and, and I think he's doing a great job. But, like, something's keeping us from doing enforcement. It's, it's this yep. is such a recurring conversation. Understood. I mean, the, to Polly's point, <laughs> people didn't even need to leave their chair to confirm this one, right? I mean, I'm just being. Uh, yeah. Well, I, th I mean, I think that <clears throat> the larger issue, too, though, is in terms of supporting the business is that there's no way for us to document compliance if we're not enforcing so that over the year's time, yeah. If there, if there are, if they are limiting their internet sales in this instance, and have the, and they're complying with the license, and that's documented <coughs> by our enforcement officials, then we can have a healthy conversation about increasing the number of vehicles available for internet sales because they've complied. But all we know is that when we look on the internet, there are 25 vehicles for sale, and so it just it it helps to get to that point where we can feel better about not regulating internet sales. So I just no, I think I totally it's important in that regard. It's not punitive so, either. And I'm not advocating money. I'm just advocating a solution. So one way or another, I just don't want there to be a reason we don't have a solution because mm -hmm. <laughs> we've never had anybody ask us for enforcement dollars. I know there's other initiatives, for example, that we've talked about in terms of parking in this town, maybe doing some creative things at <clears> the train station in Humphrey Street that everybody says, well, we'll never enforce the rules, so why do them? And so enforcement will unleash a lot of opportunity for us to look at some creative yeah. things that will help mm -hmm. businesses and help residents more, but that we, I think, don't look at right now mm -hmm. or take seriously enough because the first response to us is always, well, you'll never enforce it. And mm -hmm. none of us have a rebuttal to that, yeah. right. except for <laughs> yep. fair, right? right? And, and so it's just, it's overcoming. You know, I, I, we, I, I we do it. Let me you. just say one thing. We, we do a great job, for, a relatively good job enforcing one thing, beach parking, right? In a specific neighborhood, mostly, right? You're absolutely right. In a specific You're neighborhood, for some reason, right. there's a specific yep. neighborhood that we do a great job. So we know we parking, can do it. We know, right? we, so have, we, know we can do it. We so have the I'm just, We have I'm the just, abilities. If, the, if there was, it's a resource issue, then. It is not a resource it issue. Can't be. It is not a resource issue. Thank you. So with that, I would make a motion to approve the two class two <laughs> auto licenses that are before us. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Thanks, uh, Molly, for that. And then uh, we're moving on to liquor licenses. What? No, we're good with liquor licenses. Thank you. Do you want to do CV and entertainment after? What? They were just saying how efficiently you're running the meeting. Yeah. Oh. And it's a breath of fresh air from the former chair. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a quote from me. Yes. I, I did say that. Um, Sorry, Molly. <laughs> the former chair. Take you want the gavel? And dethroned. Yes, I do. <laughs> I have one. Can we get the gavel next time? I was just saying to Polly's here to no. No, she literally to, took it out of her to box. To take CV week. and entertainment maybe before liquor licenses, since Molly's still here. Oh yeah, sure, of course. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for Allie for the reminder. Go ahead, Molly. Okay, let's go. No worries. Um, you guys approved the majority of these at the last meeting. Um, just as a reminder, Common and Vicks are annual licenses. Department of Health signs off on the applications. Um, 
before they come to you. These guys listed are the ones that were outstanding from last time that have all been um, recommended and you know, turned everything in and inspected. If there are any questions, let me know. Common VIX cover indoor and outdoor seating. Orange tab. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm in the right tab. It's closer to the green. Closer to the green. It's almost. I think they're all they're all piled together <coughs> under renewals. Oh yeah, thanks. Okay. It's easy online, but not in the front. So I make a motion to approve the common victuallers licenses outlined in our package for for the uh, 2022. Um, I have a question. Okay, mm -hmm. is there a second? I'll Sorry. second. Yes. Okay. Further conversation. I'm going to talk for like. Go ahead. Go for it. I don't know how long. Um, the beach club. Is open till 1230? That's not really, I guess I'm confirming the obvious, but. Um, I think only when they have events. The thing about common VIX is that it needs to cover all the time that someone could potentially um, be there. A, you know, a customer, not necessarily staff, but um, we try to cover all of the hours that potentially someone could be on site um, so that they're not operating outside of that. Right, but it could be music till 1230. This is a common big for seating. I don't believe that. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, See, this is why I can't. That's this packet. Yeah. I can't take things out of order. And the Beast Club doesn't have a rolling entertainment license um, because they do kind of one-offs, but they have a zoning decision that limits the number of events and the time, I believe, that they are allowed to, to have their events. And so they're limited to a certain number per year. And it's, they have to, I think they'd get like a one day. Oh, so they're not know. included in that. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Correct. They were in both. Sorry. Um, all right. And then with the Zest Friends, they're doing something. Sorry, I just wanted to. That's on the consent. That's on the consent agenda. That's I know. The, uh, but. Oh. So Zest Friends for 2022 um, got their hours updated, but for, I think they're changing it before the end of the new year. So it's. Trying to get that in. Right, but I'm just trying to find it, sorry. All right. So the year that we it was for the entertainment license at the Italian Club, that was that that was the one we changed from one AM to Yeah, it's to eleven PM and that's on the next slide. Okay. All right. For entertainment, yeah. I just wanted to make sure we're not we're co trying to be con we're consistent, I guess. Correct. Okay. So, all those in favor of approving the common victualler licenses that are outlined there on the screen for Aye. 2022. Aye. 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 Okay, thanks Molly. Now entertainment and, licenses. Yes, and now on to entertainment. Um, 
which normally pairs with common VIX. We just had three um, outstanding ones. There are no changes um, from previous years. And as you noted, uh, Polly, that the, uh, the St. John the Baptist was changed. Their hours are only Friday through Sunday and um, ending at 11 p.m. Okay. Does Mission on the Bay not have one, or did they not? They, they were approved last meeting. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so this is just outstanding ones that didn't go through yep. last time. Right. Motion you. to approve the, the outstanding 2022 entertainment licenses. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Thank you, Molly. Thank you. And now liquor licenses. Angelica Noble is here if there's any questions. Okay. I'm here. Um, I don't know. Do you have any questions? We went over a lot of it last week, but there were questions that might have come up. I, is that okay? I have a question on, on the uh, license quota, Section 12 on-premises. You, you provided us some good information with a chart outlining the number of licenses available. Mm -hmm. And I'm still struggling to reconcile numbers. Um, my understanding is that we had, um, but anyways, I I can't remember. I'm actually looking up. In 2017, we had special legislation to increase the number of licenses. Yeah. But you're showing two, but that's not the number. Um, so according to the ABCC, there were two that were approved under special legislation. I believe it's Mexicali and Cafe Avellino. And then the third one is a veterans club that doesn't count towards the, um, oh, thank you, Allie. It doesn't count towards the actual count. So I got this quota directly from the ABCC and it definitely is very confusing. But um, there's 17 allowed and 14, like let's call them regular, um, licenses license have been issued on top of that there's two under special legislation and one veterans club equaling 17 showing that we still have three available the special legislation doesn't count towards the um the original quota which is 14. which is 17. which is so 17, 17 are allowed yeah 17 are allowed 14 are issued and then the other three are on top of that so like if you want to like technically it would be like 20 are let's say with everything included 20 are allowed and 17 are issued so we still have three available so you're <clears throat> sorry they're special because they if that business stopped using them they could not be transferred is that why they're special i, I never um i never inquired i never asked what it was i i'm not sure um Okay. Allie, do you know why those ones were under special education? I, I wasn't here when those were um, approved. I don't. But so, it was Mexicali so, and Cafe yeah. Avellino. So, so this is what's not making sense to me. And again, it doesn't necessarily affect here. What I'm more concerned about is when someone comes into town hall and says, how many liquor licenses are available? I want to make sure that we're saying that we have them because we do have them. So the legislation approved, the legislation approved was eight additional licenses right eight additional like general licenses and i don't know how again this i appreciate angelica your work on this this is not this is not an angelica comment at all this is more about let's make sure that we actually know 
like meaning yeah. that we have it. There, there was eight special that were approved uh, and signed into law by the governor for us, and the, that eight was on top of the 14. And I know that it's even better than that, right? Because the VFW one, the clubs ones are treated differently now. But mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that we don't really think that on the all alcoholic licenses, we only have three available. We have, yeah, more, I, we, we have more than, we, we have, we have more, more than three available. The ABC okay, may I, not have that update or special legislation. We'll okay. confirm with the ABC that, that they, that we had special legislation, home rule legislation Perfect. that uh, granted the town additional licenses. And can we just clarify what that means now? It means businesses can uh, apply? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think she's going back to the chart that the oh. ABCC has sufficiently confused. It just means on. that there may be somebody um, working at the ABC that has to update the no, allocation no. Um, because they missed the special legislation. There's a statutory, you know, uh, allocation for these licenses based on population, and that's generally how they allocate um, licenses. So there, there's a so just reconciliation. In terms of the special be what, what special means and why, how does a special become not special? What's the difference? So if we can just get, I That's think Polly just asking for more information yep. so that we can explain and maybe take the ABCC's chart next time and put it in a way that we all understand it so that we can keep track. Again, the most important thing is I want to make sure that no one ever walks into town hall after us doing this and is told, nope, there isn't one or we only have this. Instead, I would I just want, you know, we worked hard and with town meeting support and Sean worked the hardest to get us eight new licenses and I want to <clears throat> make sure we're saying it from the three tops that there's eight licenses available or whatever, five left or whatever, seven left, whatever there is. I wish we didn't have any because that means we would have succeeded in getting all the places we want, but not yet. We're getting there. Someday. Someday. David. Shortly. Got a, do, a few extra. Shortly. Thank you. Class two car yeah. dealerships and liquor licenses in one place because that would be. <clears throat> yeah. okay. There was Whole Foods. Didn't they want to? <laughs> so motion to, motion to approve the 2022 uh, liquor licenses as presented. Is there a second? Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, that takes care of. Thank you. Thank Angelica. you, Angelica. Thanks, Thank Angelica. Angelica. Thanks, Molly. Thank you. Thanks, Molly. Thank you. And Mars, uh, Marzi, you're done too, right? No, not quite. No. Sorry, Marzi. Why don't we do? Can we take yet another? Sorry, Gino. That's not very fair to you. <coughs> what should we do? Yeah, let's just take Marcy out of order. This okay. should be quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to take another item out of order. I'm sorry, Gina. It doesn't pay to be here in person, does it? Um, so uh, we will next discuss item number seven on the agenda, which is discussion about board response to the proposed Atlantic Bayview Residences 40B project. So, um, Marcy, if you want to just give us an update on that, uh, that'd be great. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for taking the uh, uh, this item out of order. So I do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, as, as you recall, um, the town and, and especially the select board received a notice of a pending application in front of the uh, mass housing for a uh, comprehensive permit um, for 160 units of housing uh, for Archer Street and for um, 
uh, that would provide access off of the forest uh, forest road. Um, earlier today, we Mass Housing held a site visit um, to really look at um, the approach and really look at the. Um, the site and the uh, feasibility of the site. Um, um, David, thank you so much for attending and being part of the meeting. Uh, we had members um, in attendance from Mass Housing, um, obviously the, the developer, his attorney. Uh, we had some town staff from my department as well as um, the uh, fire prevention attended as well as a represent the chair of the Affordable Housing Trust Fund. Um, so we're able to walk the site, walk and look at the approach. Um, we, as you recall, we do, we are um, our request for additional additional time to submit comments to the uh, Mass Housing regarding this project was extended to January 28th. Um, so we will we will take all the time that we need to really um, formulate our comments, really look at. Uh, the approach into the site, some of the concerns that were uh, voiced during the previous um, meetings regarding the redevelopment of the, this site. Um, we will also seek a, um, uh, assistance from Mass Housing Partnership to retain a consultant that would guide us through the process. And we will also um, work with the Department of Housing and Community Development to look at the safe harbor provision to look at the actual land mass or land areas within town that could qualify towards the uh, meeting our affordability standards. Um, so that is something that we are actively working on. Um, at today's meeting, the developer proposed to have a, um, a neighborhood meeting or a residence meeting um, the six, second week in January. So right now we are looking at um, assisting them to hold a meeting on Thursday, um, January 13th. Um, the developer did request um, that I convey to you that um, they would like to have a discussion with the select board and they do um, uh, respectfully invite the select board and all of the members um, of the public as well as town staff to attend the public meeting to really have a dialogue regarding this proposal. I did convey to them our concerns about the approach and obviously the scale of the building um, and you know further further comments of, of, of further um, concerns that we have regarding this development. And um, they just look forward to the opportunity to present their proposal to the public or in a public setting. Thanks, Marcy. Um, other comments, questions, discussion? So, Marzi, I would just ask you that we just be very careful in how we characterize public meetings. I think in the Elm Place uh, experience, I think people misconstrued it as the town sponsoring meetings, meaning the town was sponsoring the project or the town was supporting the project. I think it's really important that the applicant can have meetings and the applicant really, we can help communicate it. And I know why we do it, because we're going to be better at communicating than perhaps the developer is, but I also want to make sure that, that that's not misconstrued as support or endorsement in any possible way that, and that really you, the extent of your efforts is just to make sure the public knows about these meetings and that's not sponsored by the town and the town's not moderating. I, I think, you know, I think respectfully, um, one of the early community meetings was I think moderated by uh, someone on a board, uh, I think in, with the intention of being helpful, but I think it was misconstrued as um, the town 
endorsing the project. Um, so if we can just be doubly careful about that, that'd be great. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and that's something that I did convey that um, to the to the developers that you know we are more than happy to schedule a meeting in a location that is accessible, in a location that can be televised, or that we have an opportunity um, to offer um, you know uh, virtual options as well, so residents can participate in the meeting. But that this is the the developers' meeting, um, so so I, I I agree with you and. Um, and I and I um, I will work with them, and and this will be definitely their meeting, not not the town meeting. So what time was this? Did you say? Do we know? Um, I don't have a time. The only thing is that um, right now we're just looking to see if um, Thursday, January 13, would yeah. be a um, you know if if B129 is available on the 13th. Um, and I confirmed it is, so I will go back to the developer and find out the time that that they would be able to um, to attend the meeting. I would presume and, and really encourage them to hold a meeting in the evening, so then this would allow for greater um, attendance by our residents and the public. And that was their preference today when we met with them, Marzi. They wanted to have something outside of business hours, so more so more members of the public could attend. So, David, you attended the site visit. I did. Thoughts? Wait, I'm still uh, processing. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 Um, thank you, Marzi. We appreciate it. Anything else on that, you guys? No? Very quiet tonight. So one thing, if I could just add quickly too, is that um, similar as we have done with um, all other projects, we created a project site on the community development's um, uh, website or on the town's website under community development on the new project. Uh, we will upload the application and obviously as comments come in regarding the project, uh, we will assure that public and obviously this board that um, residents have access um, to the applications and are able to submit uh, comments and are able to watch and um, you know see the um, any edits to the project. Can I ask Marzi another question while you're here? It's okay. Marzi, I'm, I'm switching topics since we're talking about develop though. You, you were nice enough today to send me plans that have been submitted for 12 Pine Street, which looks as yes. though it's proposed for 33 residential units. Um, can you can you help me understand? Are they proposing that as a 40B project? Um, no, they're, they're not proposing that as a 40B project. So there are significant. So and, and can you can you just indicate where they are in the process? Um, they're just the application was just submitted just recently. Great. So this hasn't been scheduled. This is going before what boards? Um, so it's um, obviously uh, the planning board will be first, and then ZBA. And Concom as well. Um, that's correct. And um, all right. Can you just do me a favor and make sure this board gets a copy? Did they file their application? So you yes, the application was filed. Gotcha. Okay, and in their application, they're they're seeking not just um, sorry, they're seeking um, in addition. Bear with me. They're seeking um, significant zoning variances. Yes. That's correct. Not 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 necessarily just special permits, but variances. Correct. That's correct. Yes. Has um, have you had conversations with that develop, 
developer, that applicant, I don't know, um, that applicant about uh, community outreach and community in, in a community meeting of sorts for that as well. Yes, yeah, so, so staff, Molly, if yeah, you want to Yeah, I can jump in. That. So they have held a community meeting. They actually started with the planning board this month, but they will be going back in January, and I anticipate changes to the project. Um, so they held a meeting, community meeting Monday before the planning board meeting um, at the VFW, um, and then started the planning board process and we'll be going back to the planning board in January, January 10th. But I do anticipate um, some changes. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so you said there was a community meeting? Yes. And when, when was that? And where was um, that? It was held at the VFW. I'm trying to remember. I believe it was the week after Thanksgiving, and I can get you an exact date and time. I just don't have it on the top of my head. So, can uh, did, did staff attend that? No, there was the developers meeting. Great. So, if, would would you mind asking to them to give us a list of who attended and the details of that? Yep, uh, I can do that. Um, I'm actually really surprised by um, how little we've heard about this. Frankly, um, this is. You know, and, and I just, I want to make sure this is not, I want to make sure there's a real full airing on this, so that all the neighbors really know about the project and really have an opportunity to chime in um, here. This is, you know, this is not, if it's not a 40B project and not seeking an, uh, a 40B project here, then they're seeking some significant variances um, that I think from, and I, I guess I would encourage staff as well from a planning perspective to be chiming in and sharing their opinions about variances that just, regardless of the legality of variances, from a planning perspective, um, you know, does staff support significant deviations from zoning as, as being requested here? Understanding the project may change. Um, I just think that we've got to, <coughs> I just want to encourage staff to use their, their expertise to, to help guide the process here and, and, and shape things. And I think that it's fair for the neighbors to, uh, assume that we are going to not advocate for a position per se not you know it's not the town's job to, to advocate for the neighbors per se but to certainly at the very least advocate for make sure it's a really comprehensive process and to make sure from a planning perspective if we don't if staff does not think something is a good idea that they are sharing that and you know trying to collaborate to get to good idea uh, and and i know you guys have done that in the past i just want to make sure here there's a lot of other projects that are getting attention, and I want to just make sure that we're not missing the opportunity here uh, to, to make sure we're doing everything we can on Pine Street. Yep, absolutely. Is title to the property changed? I was told it did. Well, actually, um, do you know if notice was given to like abutters or people within a certain radius for that meeting? Yes, yeah, so um, we normally the public hearing for ZBA is the official notice, but we provided planning board notice for the same radius and get the same list we give to the applicant <coughs> and they provided notice to that radius for their meeting. I think Polly might have been asking about the community meeting. Do you know what kind of notice? Yes, so they, we give them the same list that we would use so they can provide notification. Okay. So can I just suggest that um, for community meetings that that list is the minimum required by state law under 40A, right? That list. Mm -hmm. and 
300 feet, you know, butters and a butter store butters leaves people off that aren't logical. Like you would say, well, wait, you're just one house over. Why wouldn't you want to be part of it? So people all the way down the street on Pine Street wouldn't have been notified about this. But I'm sure they have a lot of opinions about it, for example, right? So I just want to make sure that when we're encouraging applicants, we don't just encourage them to meet the minimum statutory notice because we know they're going to have to do that anyways. Right, they're, yeah. they're gonna have to do that just for their zoning application. The point of a community meeting is to broadcast it as broad as we can to make sure we get people from the adjacent streets in Erie and Superior and Huron um, and, and all the way down Pine Street, and et cetera, and, and across Rock Ave, across the street, you know, things, same people that frankly were concerned, uh, you know, about other things that we've done in the area recently. Just wanna make sure you guys are just really just encouraging applicants to go broad because that's, that's what I'm concerned about here is because the zoning notice is just, is just limited. And it's not your fault, it's just statutory, you know, who gets that legal notice. But on community meetings, we should be broadcasting and then if we know about it, putting it on the town website and making clear that the developer is or, you know, just supplementing efforts here just to make sure because I think we're all benefited just from a very transparent dialogue regardless of where the process goes. Mm -hmm. We wish sure that that process is followed. Thank you both. You're welcome. Thank you both. Polly, can I interrupt with something really quick before I forget, which is the signature folder? Um, in there, there's a note about all of the documents that need to be signed for license renewals, um, among other things. And I just would like to request that those documents be able to be signed electronically, just given the quantity of them and the ease that will give our staff. Um, so the list is in there. If there's any opposition to anything, I just let me know. I, I could have some hard copies here. Um, if there's not, the, there are a couple of things that can be signed now, like policies, for instance, in the easement. But right, it would be ideal if we didn't have to sign other ones. There, however, Sean, can you grab the water and sewer commitments when you have a second? Because those do need to be signed. That's all. Sorry. So does anyone want to see the list of, um, do you want me to just ask now, of the signatures we would be approving electronically? Or do you guys care to see? Yeah, but is it, pre uh, that depends on if we approve the consent agenda for some of them, correct? Yes, right. of course. Yep, oh, absolutely. Okay. Some no. of those items are on the consent agenda. So I certainly wouldn't put your signature on anything that wasn't approved. Oh, the um, zest terms and yeah. Okay, all right, we'll get there then. Um, all right, so we are skipping number eight. It was incorporated for now into the town administrator report about the block two procedure recommendations for Boston Logan Airport community noise reduction. And that leaves us with one item left on the new and old business, um, which is the second reading of the I and I policy. Um, thank you for your patience. We have with us tonight David Peterson, um, an engineer from um, Kleinfelder, and Gino Cresta, director of the DPW. Thank you both. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, there is in your packet, I believe, an update to the presentation that we gave about a month ago. Um, if it's of interest, we could pull it up um, and flip through it. It's a lot of the first two thirds of it is the same background we went through last time, we don't have to rehash that in detail, but maybe just set the stage for this for everyone uh, to remember, I guess. Um, but, um, you know, what, when it comes to, I don't know if it's, Allie, Allie, is, you, if it's possible to pull, pull up the, 
Madam Chair, yeah. do you mind if we just go to the scenarios and kind of skip the? Yeah, if you want. This to will see. be the third time we hear that presentation. If we hear it all and just skip to. I don't mind. Does the, anyone the, else want to hear it? No. 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 We're good. Okay. So why don't we just go back to to the things that just remind us of the different uh, methods, just so we have context, and then perhaps. Yep. Um, update us as to the additional research that you did to solidify your recommendation. Perfect. Yes. That would be great. Yeah, so the, um, you know, we looked at, you know, an II fee that would help, you know, provide a revenue stream for the town to combat II, which we established to be a, a pretty big issue for the town. Um, there's three calculation methodologies that were looked at um, that we presented on last time. Um, you know, one is um, basically a, an assumption that um, there's going to be a, a amount of money that's that's received that will offset the flow from a new project for 20 years, and that's calculated by taking the the fiscal sewer budget and dividing that by its annual average daily flow, and then so that yielded a dollar 40 per gallon per day, and then you multiply a 20-year factor, 28.06 gallons per day. Yep. That. Um, approach was then modified in recognition of the fact that not every f gallon of flow that um, is produced by swamp sweat that goes to Lynn water and sewer for treatment actually has an impact um, on the costs you know that, that swamp got bare so that's because there's a lot of fixed costs that go into operating the treatment plant um, and just the whole operation so when you look at you know just the portion of it that actually impacts those costs a like a 50% factor was added on top of that, and that was an, an estimate by, um, I believe by the by, by town staff. So that cut method two down to $14.03 per gallon per day. Um, methodology three, which is what was recommended last time, um, is a different approach, which basically asks the question, what does it actually cost to eliminate II on a dollar per gallon per day basis? Um, and then there's a regulatory requirement for Swampscott to remove um, II on a four to one basis at, at a minimum. It can be higher than that, but at a minimum, it's four to one. And so about a month ago, I had um, been using about $5 per gallon per day and a ratio of four to one. And that would yield about a $20 per gallon per day would be your, your, your mm -hmm. fee. So. At the time, we um, the questions that the board raised were, you know, where did the five dollars come from? Um, you know, we've seen other towns' policies. You know, we see different numbers, things like that. So, I had been citing information from a study that was done using 2007 data, so old data. So, um, since the last meeting, um, you know, just we contacted um, towns and updated the numbers that you know we'd presented last time. We actually got information from additional towns. Um, actually, found out that. Kleinfeld is doing the same thing for the city of Cambridge right now. Um, so there's a little bit of an efficiency in, in sharing some of that data. Um, and so there's a new um, sort of image, I guess, in your handout for method three, um, which shows you know, what the, those sort of updated II fees are. And so based on our, you know, you know reaching out to all these towns, you know, the, the proposal of $20 per gallon per day would still be the highest, the second highest is Framingham at, at 18, um, and then Somerville was, I think, in this, uh, let's see, what was Somerville, 14.35. Um, so Somerville's and, um, and um, Framingham's are fairly new, um, and obviously Swampscott's is adopted. Um, there's a lot of 
older policies that, that have been around for a long time um, that were driven, you know, largely because of like sewer moratoriums, because of CS, uh, SSO issues or um, capacity issues. And some of those are, are quite a bit lower. So like, um, I think, uh, let's see, Burlington is, you know, at $12.50, you know, Belmont's $4.45, Billerica's $3.39, Canton's $5, um, Fishburg is $5.88, um, Lynn Water and Sewer is $4.64. Um, so, so we were able to update a lot of that information, so we have some, you know, more confidence than we did, you know, we're just looking at the, at the older uh, data. We did reach out to, um, MWRA directly, so MWRA, um, you know, they manage a, a very large um, II financial program that gives financial assistance to communities through limited II, um, and so they did not have like a database that I could just say, you know, what is it, you know, dollars per gallon per day, you know, for all your communities. Um, we asked the same question with D, uh, Massachusetts DEP, same kind of answer, no, don't have uh, you know, a current updated database, you can talk to so-and-so. Um, we also reached out to the Neponset River Watershed Association who authored that 2007 study, same thing. We did it. So there's just not, you know, a, a, a whole host of additional data out there. So I think what, you know, we did in terms of community surveys is probably the best information we, we have as of right now. Um, so given all that, I think we're pretty confident in, in the numbers. Um, I guess maybe for a little bit more context, so some of the communities, so, so Lynn Water and Sewer, um, Boston Water and Sewer Commission in, in Burlington, they all said that their, their rates are based on actual um, experience, you know, performing II removal projects. So what, what do they actually pay? How much do they actually remove? And, you know, you can do that if you have a lot of projects that you've done over the years that you can rely on. Um, so not every town does that. Some other towns just sort of adopt what the neighbor's doing sort of a thing. So. Um, so I think the way that the policy was identified was we should start with a number and then as Swamp Scott, you know, proceeds with II removal and if we get localized data and we have a, an informed reason for modifying that, that rate, that is allowable in the policy as, um, you know, as a, um, as an annual sort of review. Um, so, um, based on the, the research we did, you know, I've, I guess what I'm recommending is it's the same number, $20 per gallon per day, but it's a bit of a nuance in dropping the $5 per gallon per day to two and a half, which is a bit more in step with what we've seen. But then at the same time, increasing the offset ratio from four to eight. Um, and that's in recognition of sort of the, I guess, urgency to get something done with II, because I think it's a pretty compelling case to be made that um, something should be done. Um, so. That's what the current policy recommends. Um, and again, all of those numbers, the $2.50 per gallon per day and the, eight, the offset ratio of eight are both subject to um, you know, internal, uh, or I'd say annual reviews and, and adjustments. Um, the second thing we did was um, put together a pretty simplistic model of like revenue. So what would this policy actually generate from a revenue perspective? And uh, Gino uh, worked, you know, with um, was it Rich, yeah, Rich Spadalci to um, figure out how many actual, you know, new bedroom permits have been authorized. And so, um, in the last, he looked at two years of data, 
And in totality, there were 499 um, bedrooms that were added. And um, what was interesting in the data was only two of them were really based on you know larger development projects, but there was um, basically three around 300 that were like single or or smaller additions. Wait, what? Yeah. For what period? Two years. Two year period. Yeah. Where are those 300 units? I had the same conversation with Dave earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to be including Lynn. Right. <laughs> I can just yeah. pass along the data that I had. Yeah. yeah. But it seems kind so of let's just do it. Let's just do, generally speaking, 300 bedrooms would equal, because we actually didn't do 300 bedrooms the last two years. Michelle. We just talked about that. Okay, we would have to do 10 Michelle's. <laughs> <laughs> do you have something going on your side of town that I am not aware of? <laughs> Are you doing secret developments? <laughs> I'm sorry, your silence will be inferred to be a yes. <laughs> Just not going to let it go. So. <laughs> so that, so I mean, yeah. So based on the data that was provided, that's you know that would generate an order of half a million a year, which you know um, obviously subject to, to actual activity for that year, right? So. Um, so those are, that's it. I mean, basically, since we were last here, we really did a lot more community outreach and um, put together a little bit of numbers behind the revenues. Um, I think, in generalities, in in reading and talking, you know, none of these programs, you know, completely pay for II removal. They they definitely help to mitigate the, those costs, but they're they're not really uh, intended to be you know the only revenue source. So, um, so so. So, Dave, in your in your experience, how much does it actually offset the cost to the town? Um, Since it's never going to fully pay for. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a hard question to answer. Um, I mean, it's definitely case by case. I mean, when you have a town that's starting to approach or tackle II projects, normally the cost is more cost effective at the beginning because you're getting the low-hanging fruit like the easy projects but then the, the deeper into the well you're going it gets more it gets less cost effective so it depends on how far into that program you are as to i guess how much you can do with that money but we, but we would start seeing we, we have a lot of low-hanging <coughs> that we could that we would be able to uh to collect yeah i mean i guess um what i would normally when a town is and en is entering some ii mitigation they they want to get a feel for what where the worst parts of town and really, again, attack the lowest hanging fruit. So where are we going to make the biggest improvements, the least amount of investment? So generally, there's there's a um, an analytical study that's done with you know empirical data in the system to um, sort of you know off you know put a plan together basically to to approach it. Um, so that um, I don't know. I guess Swamp's got based on its size. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I think it, we, we're just doing one now in a smaller community in Templeton, and we're doing one in Canton, which is quite a bit larger. And those studies can range from like 100,000 to 200,000 or something like that. So, you know, this this policy or this you know could help to fund an initial study like that. You know, and then you can kind of get a little bit more data behind what it might cost to actually <clears throat> mitigate the infiltration in Swamp Scott. Dave, what what type of insight will we have when we? get done with our asset management analysis and how will that help us prioritize some of the II? Yeah, so absent doing that kind of study I was talking about, um, 
when you're looking at II, you just might look at like depreciation values of, of infrastructure based on its age and material. Um, but you can get some information from like your pumping systems. Um, you know, so you get flow data from all your pump stations and you can kind of look at how often does that react to a wet weather event or, um, you know, how active is that pump station at nighttime when everybody's sleeping, right? So that gives you a clue as to how much infiltration info there might be in that particular part of town, but it's not as, um, it's not as comprehensive and accurate as doing an actual study. So, but for the, for the project that you have going on right now, you can definitely make some inferences based on data that's available. Okay. Um, so, I think Gino pointed out a couple of editorial issues I, we had in the draft policy, but absent that, I, I think um, I, I think the, the write-up is where, you know, where we want it to be for the moment. Um, are there any questions, I guess? Can I just ask you to talk more about the decision to get rid of the um, lower fixed rate? Yeah, I mean, when, when we looked at the revenues, um, we modeled it in two different ways. One was that was with that um, tiers at the lower levels, and then one was without it. And it didn't really dramatically change the revenue in one way or another. It did on it did. Um, I guess by eliminating that tiered structure, you you garnered a little bit more revenue, but not a ton. Um, but it just seemed a lot fairer. I guess when we talked about it, it's just you know why don't you just make it the same for everybody because um, it just seemed more more you know equitable I guess that way can you remind me just remind me it was up to 999 was what 5,000 oh in the original so tier structure yeah, do you, oh, we don't have it in our book here so yeah um, yes yeah so it was 651 to 999 was 5,000 201 to 650 was 1,000 0 to 200 was 500 um, so the other thing we looked at or, or considered was, you know, your, if you're a homeowner and you're putting on a, build, a building addition and adding, you know, bedrooms and bathrooms, like what the cost of that is, and if you're going to pay, say, 2000 for an impact fee like this, that's going to be a fairly small percentage of the cost of that, you know, pretty yeah, big. But just, just to contextualize, and again, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not editorializing it because I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what my editorial would be, but <laughs> a one-bedroom be, one addition. Just do a simple one-bedroom addition would fall on that first tier of five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Under this model, it would be twenty-two hundred dollars. It would, yeah, yeah, yep, right, yep, it would. A four-bedroom home. Now, now I'm getting away from the tiered system and just talking about the cumulative cost here. A four-bedroom home built. Let's assume it's twenty-five hundred square feet. It's, is roughly a six thousand-dollar building permit. The I and I fee would be eighty-eight hundred dollars. Right. So I'm just, I just, just I'm, context. I'm pointing it out. Not it's. So it's transparent. This is a very significant thing that we're doing for a very significant need. So this is uh, like the need I, I, I couldn't be happier we're gonna vote on this tonight because we just need it. But, so I just, you know, in a couple of years, you can come back and, and you can make a mindful uh, decision about how, you, how, it, how it has affected um, development and how we've. I think we're making a very mindful decision today. I mean, I'm not, I'm not again, my, I'm really not editorializing this. I'm just pointing it out. It seems like. Um, we should have done it 20 years ago. No, no, I, that for sure, for sure. But, but whatever, here we are. And this, this is great. And I appreciate everyone's efforts to get here. Um, I'm just.
I'm wondering if we want to um, still create a tier for that first, that one bedroom addition or, or the addition of a bedroom. And I, and I say that only because those are typically done um, by people just who are trying to stay where they are and for financial reasons or family circumstance reasons, that's not density for density's sake, right? And, and the difference between 2200 and $500 for, again, <coughs> 200 gallons, that would just be one bedroom, right? So we say 200, but really one, we could just say to 110 gallons, right? Is that one bedroom. Peter, I appreciate that. Just, I, you know, we, we've struggled with this. We also, you know, frankly, we, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, should we have a hardship in here? Should we think about, you know, wh where do we, where do we provide some type of, you know, relief if, in the event that we have some folks? But you know, w when we're faced with the incredible environmental challenge that we are dealing with, I, you know, we just go back to solve this problem, solve it sooner, solve it. And I, you know, every nickel and dime that we can put towards this is money well spent. And I, um, you know, we we're struggling with that, you know question of, of how long is it going to take us to fix this <clears throat> problem and you know we've we've settled on you know uh, a standard that frankly looked equitable and fair across all properties and to me that seemed like a um, uh, it's a hard uh, recommendation but it, it's one that will help us you know advance an environmental Regulation that will serve the town well. Uh, I don't know. I do like um, Peter's idea because I do think that we're, we're not going to solve the problem in the backs of folks like that. And I do think that tends to be a different economic need, um, economic platform. So um, I would I would be in favor of a I guess a, what would be a two tiered one is the exception for the lower tier for that small project and the rest would be a f flat tier for the rest. But I'm willing to go along with the will of the board. I don't do, I'm not gonna be able to wrap my mind around all that this quickly, but um, to get some clarity, I'm sorry if this, I, I don't know, I feel like this was explained and I just missed it, but adding a bedroom, is that, in addition, it's not a conversion, like you're building out your house? It could be literally converting a room into a bedroom. Just the way the regs are, they do the gallon count based on bedrooms, not even bathrooms, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, so you're adding a bedroom, but you may not even, so it's really about So model. it doesn't matter about square footage? No. Most of the projects are, are one bedroom. Mo most, yeah, mo well, most, most of, of our revenue You are expanding your footprint, yeah. a lot of them. Very rarely do you see someone converting something and do it, but and, and you don't know if they are because it's a bedroom, right? So it's frankly, you don't, when you pull a building permit, you know, now we're gonna ask the question, if we don't ask the question now, we're gonna say, well, what are you, you're doing this remodel inside, you had to pull a permit, pull a permit, you know, what's your number of bedrooms now? It's three, what's your number of bedrooms when you're done? Four, that will trigger then saying, okay, that's fine, no problem with that, but it also triggers, in your case, it's gonna trigger a $500 fee because you're gonna add under 200 gallons per day. I, I gotta tell you, like, I, I don't know, I might put my foot in my mouth. I would be the person, right, and I have no problem saying this, that you're 
describing. Like I have a three bedroom house, it's 1600 square feet. I'm not gonna move, I have a good interest rate. I don't have the money to do it. Like I love my house. Maybe something could, if I ever had the money, I don't know what we're talking about here, but to convert another room to a bedroom or add square footage to, like that's a, that's a different level of investment. I would say, I'm just, it sounds minor because I guess people build other things, you know, I don't know, even bigger things, but um, <coughs> you're taking out probably $100,000, right? Like, or 50000 how much is it? I wouldn't even know to add a you mean, square right. footage to a house to add a bedroom. You're yeah. saying that the... It's not a lot. Is... If you're spending that much money, it's not... Okay. I'm just, I'm no, no, I, I hear loud. you. I'm not, I, I, again, I'm not. I'm but that's why I'm asking. Like, I would not be in the market of, I'm just using myself in as an example, but I would not be in the market of adding a bedroom because the $2,200 is the least of my problems in that scenario. Well, I so. mean, if, if we could add language for a hardship or if there's no, something. No, I, I, I'm going to actually say you don't want to do that, Sean. You right. don't, you don't want to go down that slope because it's just. So, so we should then, are we doing it for building permits? Are we going to do it for that? There's, we I, just, it's more single bedrooms that we've seen. When we look back in the last two years, that's okay, where Well, if that's the case, then that, then that argues probably against what I'm suggesting, to be honest with you. It, it argues against what I'm saying because we need to address the problem, right? If, and right. so I'm trying to, but, but I wouldn't support. The hardship concept is, is, is glamorous and sound. It's incredibly difficult in execution, and it's disparate, it's inequitable, it's so many things, and we just, then we should be looking at that for all fees. Well, and I'm not, I'm not similarly different, but similarly, I'm not against something tiered. I'm just saying when we break down costs in reality of what it is to actually add a bedroom, yep. I mean, that's a substantial investment. To fix the problem with Stacey's Brook, it's ju just the infiltration into state. It's it's twenty to thirty million, Dave. How, how much did you estimate? I mean, yeah, that was an estimate. I think to tackle the bulk of the infrastructure that yep. influences that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, infrastructure <clears throat> half a million dollars in II fees every two years. I mean. Okay, come help them. It'll take a long time. All right, we may have more conversation, but I would make a motion to approve the INI policy as recommended by staff. Second. Any further discussion? I just have one question about um, process, which I think we talked about maybe when we first ta started talking about this, is that what once we adopt this what's the next step? Does it need to be approved by anyone else or is it just sort of in effect as of <clears throat> our adoption of this policy or, you know, what, what products does it apply to uh, going forward? As sewer commissioners, it would go into effect right away. Okay. That's all I have. I will circle around uh, with KP and we'll look at any kind of legal um, notification but likely you know I would want to have um, a flyer put together a handout you know and do some you know um, public information um, about this so that folks are, are aware of it and 
So I think that I think that m most communities do a really good job about putting that as part of their community development or their building department page with their fee structures. It sits there to do it. I think organizationally, you just need to make sure you're routing. Again, I don't know how we currently route permits and permit paying and things of that nature, but the I and I should be absolutely aligned. And, and, I, and again, I, it seems to make sense that it's the building department that's going to track it and, and trigger it to, to make sure of that. Um, and so our forms may require us to do what I said, number of bedrooms previously, number of bedrooms now. And, and so they have to affirmatively go through that. So it's not like you cannot think about it. You have to, in your route, actually make, make the determination that you're not increasing number of bedrooms, right? And that will trigger that calculation. Yep. And then, Sean, a separate account is created for these, where these fees go? It will, yep. These will be, uh, uh, only be, these, these funds will only be able to be used for I&I. But it's not an enterprise fund. It's not an enterprise fund that needs to be established through town meeting or anything like no, that. It's just, um, it's just an account. Is that right? That's I don't know. My understanding. <laughs> um, You're like no, no, that. <laughs> okay. Vote. Yeah. All in favor? Aye. 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 Gino thank you very thank much. You. Thanks, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sean, thank work. you for all your work on it, too. Yeah, that I think this is, good. you know, good work. it's another tool in our toolbox. Um, we need a few more. Oh. Tool in the toolbox. <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> we got, you know, 2.5 million um, from remarkable you know this is uh half a million you know all of it will start to come no, together to make a meaningful Absolutely. yeah so so I, I just do think it's important that we are to, to neil's question it's in effect now if a permit hasn't issued well, i mean i guess that you can decide if it's if they filed an application and paid their fee already maybe that's the gating yeah. issue but if they didn't file before today right right the, anything that's filed after today just again just i care about equity in that like it, Make yep. sure that no one's all of a sudden decided they're going to preemptively try to file something tomorrow. It's you know, meet with uh, Rich first thing in the morning and uh, give him a copy. But no, we'll let's circle back around and. Uh, it's simple to add it to his software. I know. Yeah, but let's just make sure that we get the flyer and make sure everybody knows that we're solving problems. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a good night. Thank you. Okay. Um, we are moving on to the consent agenda. Uh, nope, votes of the board, which consists of the consent agenda. The consent agenda is designed to expedite the handling of routine and miscellaneous business of the board. The select board may adopt the entire consent agenda with one motion at the request of any board member. Any items may be removed <coughs> from the consent agenda and placed on the regular agenda for, for discussion. The consent agenda tonight consists of the, a vote to approve a request from Zest Friends to change bus their business operating hours. Vote to approve reconstructed fuel storage license for 357 Essex Street, Swampscott. Vote to approve a one-day license for the hiccup for an event on January 20th, 2022, from 5 to 8 p.m. at 158 Humphrey Street in Swampscott. Acting under the, da, 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 what is this? Oh, yeah. Acting under the authority contained in Mass General Laws Chapter 138, Section 17, as amended, a vote to estimate that the temporary increased resident population of Swampscott as of July 10th, 2022 will be 15,111. Vote and a vote to approve the meeting minutes from December 1st, 2021 and December 6th, 2021 meetings. Motion to approve the consent agenda. Okay, is there a second? Second. 
Any discussion on the consent agenda? Okay. Thank you. Um, it was seconded, right, David's motion? Yes. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, select board time. Do we want to authorize the electronic signature thing now that yeah. we approve the consent? Now we do. <laughs> My timing was off before and then I just forgot now. So, um, do we have to vote for this or just? No. no I don't think we need to vote. I just want to make sure what we're saying. I can read them, but yes. Sorry, I'm just trying to. There you go. So while we're passing it around, <laughs> we can, <laughs> awkwardly, um, we can do uh, select board time. If anyone has anything to share. Uh, I just have one thing. I, th I want to thank everybody who. Um, participated in putting together the um, holiday parade this year. I don't know if you guys went. It was great. It was a huge crowd down in town hall. You know, we had the football team, girls field hockey team, Sorry. the trophies. So I, I just, it was great. It was a really, really fun event. And everybody put a lot of hard work into it. So love to see if we can exceed this year, next year, make it even better. Thanks, Donald. We'll pass that yeah. along. Do you want to sign the, um, what's in there? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yes, and um, I just want to thank everyone in town hall, town moderator, and everybody else who was involved in the um, special town meeting that went very smoothly um, and efficiently. Um, so I'm glad that's behind us. <laughs> and um, thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone for um, doing such a good job with it virtually is not easy as we've come to learn but you guys are pros at this point so um that's it for me i don't have anything i'm making a motion to adjourn no yeah hang on yeah sorry so um january meetings i'd like to look at the calendar <coughs> we uh, send some uh, emails out and um coordinate Let's do it. Yeah. Why? What? What's no, no. I'm just. I'm missing some time. cue. Not okay. No, you're not at all. Okay. No problems. Um. So two weeks from now would be January. No. Yeah. Well, it would be the holiday week. So. Yeah. So we, we just we, typically do first and third. So we don't do every other week. Good thing I knew that. So there's no pressure about that. So we're looking at the fifth and the nineteenth. <laughs> Um, so the 5th and the 19th, I personally, I don't want to meet on the 5th. Um, it's a really bad week for me and it's off the holiday week. So I, but we can do it. I thought, I think also for Allie, this yeah, isn't just I selfish. I knew it started somewhere else. Planning it because we have a lot of vacations 
that works. Or before the holidays, which is not possible either. Okay. So if others are open to an exception for January, um, we could do the, do we have any like school building committee conflicts or anything? The school is meeting on the 12th. <laughs> okay, we heard a lot of schools. <laughs> that was truly like <laughs> down from the ceilings. Amazing. It really was. That's hilarious. Um, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> it was the tone too, but anyway, um, so okay. We could either um the advent hasn't quite ended. <laughs> so the I guess there's the Tuesday the eleventh. Um, here? Okay. You can just skip it to the 19th. 19th. That's a bit too many weeks. I'm a little concerned about, yeah, like, yeah. we might have to live with licenses that are going to be pending. Um, <laughs> so I don't know whether a virtual meeting on one of those days would be How does that work? All right. Do a Zoom on the 12th? A Zoom on the 12th? Uh, well, he still has school committee that has to worry about. You can do both. You can do both. You can do both. You can do both. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Dom thinks he might have something. I do. No, he's, he's just, scheduling something. He actually right just now. forgot the password to his phone. So. <laughs> no, it, it might. It might be. It might be an exciting round of chemotherapy. No, that's all right. Twelfth is fine. No, I, I did. No, no, he, no he did. <laughs> Me too. For myself here. I'm just actually looking to see what do I have to take some meds tonight and what time I should be in bed. <laughs> okay. Order. <laughs> um, January twelfth virtually. And then twenty sixth. Mm. In person. Should we just do the nineteenth. If we do the twenty sixth, we're going to trip over a school committee again. Yeah, let's just do the 19th. Back to back it. We're going to have two in a row no matter how we do it. Yeah, that's Fair enough. Welcome back. Okay. okay. And then we are back to normal on Feb 2nd. Well, speak for yourself. I'm not sure how to get back to normal. But <laughs> never, never been there. <laughs> I have no comment. The bar is very low. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Look at that. Eight. Lightning round. Wow. Motion to adjourn. <clears throat> A second to the motion to adjourn. Second. second. All in favor. Aye. 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 Thank, Thank you, everybody. You, everybody. Thank you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.